Here we go. It's another big week in the NFL for the Pittsburgh Steelers. This is the Steelers Wire podcast, powered by USA Today Sports. Now, your host, Ryan O'Leary and Steelers Wire editor, Kurt Popejoy. All right, welcome to another off-season edition of the program as we continue to sift through free agency, countdown to the draft. Plenty, obviously, going on around the NFL right now. But, Kurt, let's let's start with kind of a crazy story out of Pittsburgh with veteran D-lineman Tyson Alualu, right? So, Alualu reverses course, decides to re-sign with the Steelers. Now, this is a wild story because about two weeks ago, we, we were pretty sure that he was gone to the Jags. He had yeah. agreed to a two-year, yeah. $6 million deal. And that's the team that actually originally drafted him in the first round of the 2010 NFL draft, if I have that right. And, you yes. know, the Jaguars have plenty going on. They just they got Urban Myers, the head coach. They're about to draft Trevor Lawrence. Plenty of buzz going on with the Jags. But um, Alou Alou, this, this wild thing where he gets COVID and he's quarantined at home for 10 days. And during that time, I think some of his Steelers buddies convinced him to stay. And he reverses course, and now he's back with the Steelers. So that's a fun little story. And it's one less hole the Steelers have to plug. They get back a guy that played plenty of snaps last year for them at a nose tackle. This is big. I mean, this is, you know, I don't I don't think this is probably the most underrated move of the offseason for Pittsburgh. If he if Alulu left, this that made defensive tackle a, a much bigger weakness. I mean, him being back, plugging right back in as a starter, Wormley can be the backup, Isaiah Bugs can rotate in. Yeah, I don't think that you know, I think that fans, a lot of fans you know, paid a lot of attention when Devin Bush got hurt and and how the defense slipped there for a while when he was out. Um, I think the the but I don't I don't think fans realized that when Alu Alu got hurt, um, how much that impacted the run defense. When he missed those games last year, that was big. You know, he's not a guy that that gets a ton of stats, but he's a smart player. He 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 you know, you go back and watch those games, um when he played as opposed to when they had Bugs and, and Carlos Davis rotating in there, it was amazing the way the offensive lines just worked the defensive front when, when he was out of the game. So, yeah, this is a pretty underrated move, and it sounds like the money was pretty close, um, that the contract he was going to sign with for Jacksonville was pretty comparable to what Pittsburgh offered him. Um, you know, not too much good's come out of COVID, but I guess uh, him not being able to travel for a week and, and – you know, Cam Hayward and those guys getting in his ear a little bit and convincing him to stay. Um, you know, that's that's a big that's a big plus for Pittsburgh. That's a, you know, I think I had defensive tackle a little higher priority than a lot of a lot of writers do, but I just think we saw too much last year where the the middle of that defense got pushed around a little bit. So yeah, I'm I'm happy to have him back. That's for sure. Florida, it's a it's a little nicer in November and December than it is in Pittsburgh. Let's be yeah. honest, right? But uh, some other moves of note, the Steelers signed, um, they added some depth to their O-line. They signed mm-hmm. uh, Rashad Coward from the Bears, and they also signed uh, Kellen Ballage from the Dolphins, the running back. He's a guy that played quite a bit for the Dolphins, yeah, kind of a rotational guy for them. Yep. And I'm, I'm hearing the, there's some rumblings at running back, Kurt, about Levy and Bell coming back. Yeah. What do you think about yeah. that? I kind of have a feeling of what you're going to say, but what do you think? Is there any chance that Pittsburgh tries to reunite <laughs> with Levy on Bell this offseason? I think they're just inviting trouble. I think, you know, when, when, when Arthur Motes comes out there, you know, he's a respected guy, played for the Steelers, and he comes out and starts talking about this, I just cringe because there are enough guys still out there hanging on to hope 
that Le'Veon Bell would come back and play for Pittsburgh, that this is just going to – it's going to get everybody fired up. And I just – I don't think um, Ballage is the guy. I don't think he's going to – I think of anything, he's probably going to make it where they can – they can release Jalen Samuels and not not have to stress that. But uh, yeah, I don't I don't want Bell back. I don't want Antonio Brown back. You know that's they've already signed a couple of former Steelers. Um, you know there's several others sitting out there on the market right now that people are talking about. You know why is Jesse James coming back to Pittsburgh? Why is it LJ Fort? You know we don't have to get the band back together. You know we just gotta gotta put together a good team and and play good football. But I, you know, it's kind of like what Moat said, though. He said, you know, he said it'd be a great, a great move, but he's not going to give you the production he did before. His his pass protection's great, his ability as a receiver's great, but it doesn't, it wouldn't, you know, sort of lower the need for a running back. I think the Steelers, it's pretty clear based on their uh, their tour of of pro days that they're they're eyeing the running back in the first two rounds. I, I, there's little doubt you know, how closely they're looking at the North Carolina backs and the Alabama and, and Clemson. And they're, I, I think they're going to commit to a back, but I don't think signing Le'Veon Bell would have changed that. I don't think they're going to sign Le'Veon Bell and then suddenly decide their running back problems are fixed and not go forward. So if you're already going to commit a top pick to a running back, why, why invite trouble with Le'Veon Bell too? Yeah, I tend to agree. And tis the season to, uh, you know, look at the mock drafts and try to figure out what teams are going to do. Kurt, your good buddy Luke Easterling writes for the uh, Draft Wire. I also do a, a podcast on the Bucks with Luke. He's got the Steelers selecting Gregory Russo, an edge guy from Miami U at number 24 overall. So I kind of see the logic there, Kurt. I don't think any Steelers fans would be upset if the team went edge rusher for the, for the, no, you know, in the no. first round. And then his guy for the Steelers in the second round at pick number 55 makes a ton of sense, too. It's uh, Landon Dickerson, the center from Alabama. So, yeah. the center for one of the most prolific offenses in the history of college football. So, I kind of like that. So, I, maybe Luke's on to oh. something. I'm not sure about Russo. Maybe you could tell me a little bit more about him. But I like, I mean, the, I, I like the center at number 55. That would be – I do, I too. That. I do, too. And I like Russo. I think he and Jalen Phillips, the two, the two um, edge guys from Miami, I think they're both really good athletes. I think they both just, just were on kind of a, a – a Miami defense that really didn't um, didn't utilize them properly, didn't have a lot of talent around them that they could they could work with. Um, Russo saw a lot more double teams this year than he did in 2019. I went back and watched several games. Um, 2019, he was better, um, but yeah, I I think when you consider that the Steelers have absolutely no depth at outside linebacker, um, no one should be surprised if, if they did take an edge guy. Now, I will say that Russo, you know, if you're a, if you're an analytics guy, if you're a metrics guy, his athleticism, you know, his numbers don't don't translate very well. Um, I've always kind of been an old school guy. I haven't really looked at those, but you know, people that I know that that track this data for years and years can put these numbers together with 40 times and height and and cone times and everything, and just you know, it's pretty consistent who's more productive and who isn't in the NFL. Um, I saw a friend of mine that does this posted a list the other day on Twitter and he had Rousseau's name right underneath Jarvis Jones and Steelers fans everywhere don't want to see a repeat of Jarvis Jones when they spin a first round pick on him as an edge rusher out of, out of Georgia. So I, I, you know, I'll defer to the smart guys on him. 
I think that when you look at that 24th pick overall, there were some other guys on the board. Um, you know, the, the guy that really kind of interests me as far as edge guys go, taken two picks later by the Browns is um, Jason Owa from Penn State. Ran a sub 4440 at the Penn State Pro Day, um, 257 pounds. I mean, he's, he's crazy athletic. Um, probably just needs a little coaching. So had I had my way, I probably would have put Oa ahead of Rousseau in that pick. But, yeah, Landon Dickerson's probably the second-best center in the whole draft. So if you can get the second-best pure center in the whole draft um, in the second round for a team that doesn't really have a starting center right now, that, that you, can't, you can't argue against a pick like that. You know, he's supposedly his knee's going to be fine, and, uh, and you know, he's going to be a, a – pro for a long, long time. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't be opposed to him at all. Another guy, uh, Chad Reuter from NFL.com. He has Najee Harris from Alabama going in the Steelers. I think we talked about the possibility mm-hmm. of that last week a little bit. Uh, I, I found this interesting. So I had to look at Luke's, I think, you know, Luke's one of the best in the business at doing this stuff. So oh, I, had yeah. to, I had to look at Luke's draft and he has Harris going to, Oh, where's he have Najee Harris going? Oh, Number 32 to his Tampa Bay Bucks. I know he's a diehard yeah. Bucks fan. Yeah. So I, I found yeah. that a little amusing, right? That, so so the Steelers That feels pass, like shenanigans to me. The Steelers yeah. pass that on That feels like yeah. shenanigans. Yeah. Steelers pass on Harris so the Bucks can get him at number 32. So we're on to you. Yeah, now, I, but uh, That's that's got to be a favor to Bruce Arians is, is <laughs> yeah. what they were doing there. They I'm sure Kevin Colbert said, "Don't worry, man. We're going to let him drop to you. We're not we're not going to draft Najee Harris. We'll, yeah. You'll be fine. So I'm yeah. fine. I'm fine with the Steelers getting a, a running back in the draft. But as you were kind of talking about, I, I'd rather it not be on day one. Kurt, that's kind of where I'm at with, I would with too. the running back thing. And I think there's some good backs in that second round too. I think that yeah. I think there'll be some good players. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. So, well, what about a trade? Could the Steelers make some kind of trade? Maybe get a maybe get their quarterback of the future. I know FanDuel has this hypothetical trade. Involving the Steelers seems a little far-fetched, but I want to get Kurt's take on it. We'll do it coming up next. All right, Kurt, so here's the trade. Should the Steelers give up a second and a six-round pick this year for Sam Darnold of the Jets? Well, the Steelers do have a couple of picks in the fourth round, right? So they could kind of absorb this if they wanted to do something a little bit wild. Uh, I keep bringing this up. Like, what is the succession plan for the Steelers at quarterback behind Ben Roethlisberger, is Sam right. Darnold an upgrade over Mason Rudolph? We can debate that thing. Or yeah. would you rather the team go after uh, Kellen Mond on day two of the draft? Yeah. Right? Maybe go draft right. another guy to bring up behind Roethlisberger this year and Rudolph. So certainly seems like a viable option there. But, Kurt, how do you feel about Sam Darnold and his chances of getting traded to the Steelers? I, I don't think so. I, I would worry. Not. <laughs> I I would worry if the Steelers were willing in a season where they need so much to give up a second round pick um, for a guy that, you know, his numbers just aren't there. I mean, he's, and I don't, I don't put that all on him. I mean, you play for the jets. Um, They've been, they've been a bad team for a long time. Um, You know, he, he started 20, 26. No, 38 games in, in three years. He's won 13 games. Um, yeah, I just I, – I'm not a big fan. I mean, he's he averages less than 225 yards passing per game in his career. Um, I know that guys deserve a second chance, and if he finds the right team, maybe the, the, the talent that got him drafted, you know, when he did, um, you know, 
number one or third third pick overall, I think back in 2018. Um, yeah, I'm sure he's a better better football player probably than I'm giving him credit for at this point. But you just have to wonder what three bad seasons does to a guy emotionally. You know, is he is he psychologically um, still the the player he was in college? Can he can he be that player again? Because that was one of the things he was kind of known for in college. You know, he was kind of a stand in there and a leader kind of guy and, and, you know, never flinches and that kind of thing. I don't know if he's still that guy. I mean, you'd have no idea knowing after playing three years with the Jets. I mean, it's the fact that he's still, still playing football. Um, but you've got, you've got a guy who, you know, there, there's a lot of roadblocks to that. First of all, second round pick is more than I would give. There's some good, good quarterbacks in this draft that you could probably be having a third round. Kellen Mond, um, Davis Mills out of Stanford's another one. Kyle Trask out of Florida. You know, you've got some guys that if you want to take a shot, you can probably get them around later. Um, but then you also have to worry about that fifth-year option. You know, he's coming into his fourth season in the NFL. You trade for him, you got to commit to that fifth-year option, um, If you're, especially if you're Pittsburgh, because he's not going to start this season. So why trade for him if you're not planning to keep him at least two years? And then you got to pay him. Um, yeah, I just I don't like the I don't like the economics of that at all. Um, I, I would way rather wait and see what they have, and if they want to draft a guy, so be it. But I don't. There, there's too many negatives to potentially taking on Sam Darnold at this point. Yeah, and, and also in that tweet that you put on in your post, like he doesn't look good in the Steelers jersey. He just doesn't. It looks kind of funny. Maybe it was a bad Photoshop no. or something. I just didn't like. I don't like yeah. looking at Darnold in the Pittsburgh jersey. It just doesn't fit for me, Kurt. Yeah, that's some good analysis for you right there. But I agree. Yeah. I feel like I feel like a second rounder for Darnold. No, thank you. Uh, I'm just. Can he wash off the stink of Adam Gase and the Jets? I don't. I don't know. We don't have the answer. I don't know. And look at the 49ers moving up, and yeah. you're not going to make that kind of move going from 12 to three, giving up all those future first rounders that that third round pick as well. They threw in there. You're not doing that unless you're yeah. drafted a quarterback. We know they're drafted a quarterback oh, yeah. at number three. That means Jimmy Garoppolo is going to shake free probably next off season. Mm-hmm. So there's mm-hmm. another guy. It just. I think. The Steelers should just sit back and wait. Maybe draft a guy yeah. this year if they see a guy they like. Watch Mason Rudolph, see the development there, and just see what kind of shakes yeah. free next offseason. Right? There's going to be movement. Yeah, there always is. I don't. And think there's money to be money to spend next year that they don't have now. Yeah. Um, this isn't the year. Yeah, I'm not, I, I don't think this. This is, is not a, not a year to panic. No, not at all. I definitely want to get your take on this, Kurt. The NFL is official. We we knew this was coming, but now it's official that the NFL is going to a 17 game regular season. Now, I know that the players hate it, probably because yeah. it doesn't align with what the league claims it's doing for player safety, right? The league says that right. it it cares about player safety and then it adds another game. If you're a fan, a 17-game regular season does align with uh, you know fantasy football. It aligns yeah. with sports betting. And it does align, and I'll, I'll admit, I'm a sucker for this one, it aligns with these playoff races that were much better with the uh, with the extra the extra playoff team, the switch to seven teams for each conference in the playoffs. Yeah, I thought the races definitely. really came down to the wire and were kind of fun. And I'm I am kind of excited to see that thing dragged out one more week. I think it'll just kind of add to the to the juice there. But I think there's a lot of pros, there's a lot of cons to this thing, right? What do you think about it? I mean, I th- I don't think the players will ever like it because anytime you ask the players to do more and the the league doesn't come back with with much in the way of a concession for it or more money for it, you know, the players are going to balk against that. And I get that. That's a labor thing. You know, this is still a union issue. And so 
adding adding a regular season game, the league tries to sort of pass that off as well. We, we're taking away a preseason game, so it all sort of balances out. But we know it really doesn't. We know that the 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 effort and and that that's put forth in a preseason game and the players on the field has will have almost no correlation to the players who will be playing in that in that seventeenth game. Most of the guys playing in that last preseason game are going to be on any rosters at the at the end of the season. So, the, you know, if they're not going to pay the players anymore, they're not going to adjust the salary cap, at least not yet. Um, I've seen several players and former players talking about, are we going to get additional space on the rosters? You know, are they going to be able to allow for an extra offensive lineman or an extra, you know, right now, teams are already having to scramble or at least have more guys on the, on the game day roster. You know, you don't want to expand, expand the, the 53 man, at least allow them to keep more players on the game day roster. So they, you know, you don't have guys that are having to play defense and special teams for 17 straight games or whatever it may be. Um, and I, I love more football. I mean, I'll never complain about more football. I mean, we're, you know, for all the bad in the world, we're getting to watch college football in the spring, so I'm not complaining about more football. I'll take it wherever it comes. But um, I absolutely understand the player's standpoint on this. I, I get it. Um, this, is a, this is a cash grab by the league, and they're going to make money off of it. Um, and I think they look at this year as a huge bounce back year for revenue. You know, play, you know the, President Rooney's already said, that he's hoping to have Heinz Field full for games. You know, they're, they're looking to cash in on a year where people want to be back in stadiums, want to be part of football again. Um, and so it, it makes all the sense in the world. But, yeah, I'm not a I, – I absolutely understand the, the point of view of a, of a player who doesn't want to put their body through that one more time um, and, and not get paid for it. You know, that's that's – completely understandable to me oh yeah yeah and you and you talk about what concessions is the league going to give to the players and i agree with you 100 percent. something like that's going to have to come back down the pike whether it's less contact in practice than there already is or something like that more mm-hmm. more off days and i think we're going to see a lot of snap reductions kurt now we're already seeing that trend kind of yeah. pick up it's it's not quite the uh load management thing that's that is the nba but it's something similar where guys are playing less snaps and we're going to see more of that. Yep. I mean, that's what I is going to happen. I think so. And that's going to affect all, all the fantasy people. They're going to be really upset. They're going to be like, hey, I, I need Kenny Galladay to get his snaps so I can get that, you know, get those receptions yeah. and that touchdown for my fantasy game. So people yeah. are going to be pissed. Like, I, <laughs> yeah, feel, like, I feel like running backs, are, yeah, running backs and receivers. The running backs are going to take a huge hit. I mean, everybody's going to go to rotations. Everybody's going to go to committee approaches because you got to have those guys – I mean, the Steelers are a perfect example of this. Twice, they had an opportunity to probably make a deep run in the playoffs, and because they just ran the wheels off Le'Veon Bell during the regular season, he didn't have any gas left in the tank for the playoffs. And so, yep. you know, one more game is only going to make that worse. I mean, the, 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 the impact on offensive and defensive linemen, um, especially if you're a team that doesn't have good depth, and you've got defensive linemen playing 92, 93% of snaps already. Uh, yeah, I just, you're, you're asking for injuries. And yeah, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be kind of messy for the teams, I think. Yeah, we're going to have to see how they adjust to it. And, you know, speaking of the NBA, it's, it's amazing how the, uh, the NFL just kind of brushed aside the NBA trade deadline, Kurt. I, I didn't even hear, I don't even <laughs> know if I even paid attention to one, I didn't see a headline. 
with the NBA trade deadline because it's boom, boom, boom. The 17 game regular season thing, the trades with yeah. the 49ers, like boom, boom, like get out of the way NBA. Like we own, we own the world. It's the NFL. Even in the off season, we're bigger than everything else. It's, it's crazy. It is absolutely unreal. So, uh, that's our show for today. Thanks for joining us. For Kurt, I'm Ryan O'Leary. We'll talk to you all next week. This USA Today Sports Podcast has been presented by USA Today's Sports Media Group and is available in your favorite podcast store. Make sure to subscribe for weekly updates, the latest fantasy picks from Corey Bonini, and the Huddle Podcast, Inside the Weekly Line, with Sportsbook Wire's Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren, and the Bet Slippin' Podcast. We'll see you again next week.